good morning and you're all very welcome here in the church or on the webcam. Sharon and I are delighted to be part of today and to offer you some reflection as we enter into Holy Week. To welcome into your time apart with God. And as I said in my reflection earlier after the Gospel, it is important for us to step back for a while, just in case this week passes as just another week with a few extra ceremonies thrown in. This week is a time to ponder. It's a time to pray. It's a time to think and reflect what does this week mean? What does this week mean for me? To ponder and to pray, what do you want from this week? Where might this week lead you? Will it make any difference to your life? And hopefully the reflections that Sharon and I will offer you this morning will be of some bit of help to you as you enter this week. And I think it is important that we keep the people of Ukraine in our hearts and in our prayers. They need our prayers. I was, was gratified last night. I received an email, and as people who would have joined us will know, we did the Stations of the Cross at the beginning of Lent, and we did them again last week for our prayer time here in this church. And I heard that our prayers, our stations, were reached in Perth, Australia. The power of prayer the power, the power of the webcam. And we are eternally grateful to the Redemptress here in the community for providing us with this place and this space. So before Sharon will lead you in reflection and in prayer, I will expose the Blessed Sacrament so that our time together is in the context of prayer. So whether we are speaking or whether we have quiet time, we are in the presence of Jesus. As we prepare ourselves to enter into Holy Week, 
we take some time and we enter inward as we focus upon this prayer meditation. This prayer meditation will help us to focus on the tender love and mercy of God. By praying and meditating on these themes, we can truly begin to internalize these biblical truths as an experiential reality within our hearts. So first, let us seek to be still in God's presence. Allowing my voice to guide you through this prayerful meditation. Allowing ourselves to become still as we gently come to focus on our breathing. Remembering that the Holy Spirit is described as the breath of God. As we breathe in, we physically seek to breathe in the very presence of God who is with us right here and right now. The breath is our reminder of God creating us. Within each and every in-breath, we recognize God breathing life into us. Within each and every out-breath, we place ourselves in God's hands, resting in the Lord, breathing in God's life, breathing out, resting in God. God is with us in our experience, giving us love and grace. So let us just take a few moments simply breathing in the presence of God. And as you become more aware of the movement of your breath, as it goes into your body, as it leaves your body, noticing how it feels to you. No need to change the breath in any way. Just being completely here in each moment with each breath. If your mind wanders, knowing that this is normal, there is no need to criticize yourself. Instead, simply releasing these thoughts into God's loving hands and returning to your breath. Bringing your attention back to the moment-to-moment sense of the flow of your breathing.
just being with your breath, allowing, allowing the simple yielding and turning of your focus back to the breath, releasing thoughts to God. Noticing any questions, any commentary that arises in your mind at this time. And as you become aware of any particular thoughts arising, gently seek to allow these to come, to go. returning your focus to God and to the words of this prayer. Today, O Lord, I accept your acceptance of me. Today, O Lord, I accept your acceptance of me. And as much as you are able, using these words to express your own faith to God, becoming aware of any resistance that you may feel within your heart, Simply acknowledge with kindness anything you become aware of within you, as much as you are able. Seek to identify with and pray these words from your own heart. Today, O Lord, I accept your acceptance of me. You are always with me and always for me. Today, O Lord, I accept your acceptance of me. You are always with me and always for me. God is the most gracious, kind, merciful, and caring being who exists. And he cares for you personally. So in these moments, seeking to accept and receive his grace and mercy at the core of who you are, Noticing if the mind wanders, noticing any resistance within you, any worry, any concern, any anxiety. But 
gently bring your awareness back to the silence, to the stillness, to the breath, and back to the presence of God here with you now. As we pray these words from our hearts, you are always with me and always for me. I receive into my spirit your grace, your mercy, and your care. You are always with me and always for me. I receive into my spirit your grace, your mercy, and your care. Knowing that God loves you and accepts you for who you are right now, you are free to rest in his love free to return to the love and tenderness of God as we open our hearts and our minds to welcome God's presence praying these words from our heart I receive into my spirit your grace your mercy and your care. I rest in your love, O Lord. I receive into my spirit your grace, your mercy, your care. I rest in your love, O Lord. So I invite you now into some quiet time, a time of stillness, to be with the Blessed Sacrament. And in these moments, continuing to rest in the accepted tenderness of God towards you personally using the stretches of silence to simply enjoy being with him. And maybe within the silence, your prayer may simply be, I rest in your love, O Lord.
So as we enter into Holy Week, we ready ourselves to journey with the one who died to save us. We take time to reflect upon our Linton journey so far. We may ask ourselves where, when, how has God spoken to us over these past few weeks? Holy means other, set apart. How can we become set apart during this Holy Week? How can we prepare ourselves to accompany Jesus as he enters triumphantly into Jerusalem to stay awake with him in the Garden of Gethsemane, to walk with him to Calvary, to stand at the foot of his cross, and to wait for his resurrection. Tomorrow, we enter into Palm Sunday. We remember Jesus entering into Jerusalem and being greeted by the people waving palm branches. Let this be a reminder of our need to welcome Jesus into our hearts, into our lives, and of our willingness to follow him. Although Palm Sunday reminds us of the triumphant arrival of Jesus in Jerusalem, it also reminds us of the fickle and tenuous nature of life. We have all experienced both the highs and the lows of life, with our lives rapidly changing fortunes. We often think that we can control what happens in our lives. And for a great deal of the time, that may be the case. But as Jesus' entry into Jerusalem shows us, none of us are really in control, no matter how much we may think we are. When life suddenly takes a huge hit, we wonder, how could things take such a bad turn so quickly? Why me? Why is this happening in my life, in my family? I think all of us wonder why when life sharply turns against us. And that's where the lesson of Palm Sunday comes in. The time 
when we are all called to relive and to celebrate the events which went before and surrounded Christ's death and resurrection. So let us place ourselves there. Imagine Jesus' triumphant entry into Jerusalem. He is a sign of contradiction, acclaimed by some, reviled by others. So let us ask ourselves, in what ways can Jesus be a sign of contradiction in our own lives? Acclaimed at times, ignored at other times, and even doubted during times of suffering. crowds, so many people recognizing Jesus as Messiah on Sunday, and many of the same people shouted crucify him five days later. Was it just a mob mentality? Or does it show the fickleness of the human condition? So maybe we can ask ourselves, how can I be more consistent in expressing my faith, what I believe? What must have been going on in the heart and in the mind of Jesus with the adulation of the crowds and also the threats that awaited him in Jerusalem? Jesus carries with him as risen Lord the dreadful memories of what happened to him during Holy Week. So let us ask ourselves, do I see the risen Lord as someone who understands the hurt I feel at times? as someone who has also experienced a sense of betrayal from those that he loved? Do I see the risen Lord as someone who understands the fear of dying and of the physical suffering that preceded his death?
So taking just a few moments now to ponder the fullness of everything that happened on Palm Sunday. As we ask Jesus for the grace to overcome the contrasts in our lives so that we can follow in a deeper way his example of self-sacrifice and compassion. As we journey through Holy Week, we arrive at Holy Thursday. So let us now recall the significance of Holy Thursday. Jesus loved us to the very end. His is a continual, constant, and permanent love. He gives himself to us because his love is infinite. An infinite love must, by definition, overflow all boundaries. It is limitless, all-encompassing. It's a transforming love. No one touched by the love of God, the love of Jesus, is ever the same. It changes us forever. We recall the Last Supper, his gift of himself, the removal of his garments, the washing of his disciples' feet, loving to the end. We remember the disciples asking Jesus, where do you want us to go and prepare for you to eat the Passover? The upper room is where Jesus wanted to share his meal. upper room is where Jesus wants to share this meal with us and this is our own hearts so may we ask ourselves how how can we open our hearts to invite Jesus in to invite other people in and how May we offer ourselves in love to others. Jesus gives us a new commandment. Love one another as I have loved you. His was an example of a leisure who served. 
who serves. His radical example of service goes beyond what's necessary. So I ask you and I ask me, how might we wash the feet of others in the spirit of Jesus' humility and compassion, even if it means making sacrifices, going beyond comfort zones? Wash is the way of love Jesus has marked out for us, calling us to do. we be reconciled with those around us. What do we need to do to heal any divisions? Jesus gives himself to us to be our food for the journey, the journey of faith, to nourish and sustain us as we live our lives of service in his name. Transformed by this gift, let us ask ourselves how, how can we help to nourish and sustain others, especially the poor, the outcast, the oppressed. Let us not forget ourselves. Is there an area of our lives which is our own Gethsemane, our desert, our time of desolation? Are we aware that Jesus is always with us? So may we always remember and be open to the invitation to do more, to love one another, to serve all people, especially those in most need, remembering how much we are infinitely loved. Good Friday. After being betrayed by Judas, Jesus was arrested by the Roman soldiers and put on trial. Sentenced to death by crucifixion, forced to carry his cross up a hill while wearing a crown of thorns, 
Let us place ourselves there as we recall the journey of Jesus on the Via Dolorosa, the way of sorrows, where he was crucified and died on Good Friday. Even during his extreme pain and suffering, Jesus continued to love us, asking God his Father to forgive his executors even as he was being tortured, saying, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He endured the cross on Good Friday, knowing it led to his resurrection, our salvation. So let us ask ourselves, where is the crucifixion of Jesus taking place in our world today? Where do we see the brokenness in our communities, our church, our world, our own lives? On Good Friday, we see Jesus suffering, rejected, ridiculed. Deserted by his friends, denied by Peter. Doing all of this out of love, love for me, love for you, love for all of us, to save us from sin, to bring us to new life. So I ask myself, And I ask you to ponder, are there times and situations where I deny Jesus? Am I always aware that he's always forgiving me, loving me, inviting me to return? Jesus being led to his death, people jeering at him. Every day, he walks past me in the street, in each person, do we recognize him? Do we show any interest? Do I ignore others? Do I jeer at them even inwardly? 
Or do I sympathize with them? Do I share their pain? Am I being called upon to be Simon of Cyrene? How can we help Jesus to carry his cross? Can we step forward to help others carry theirs? Can we truly begin to walk the road of justice? How can we welcome opportunities to be Simon for others, to make our own journey one of fruitful service? And of equal importance, do you need help carrying your cross? Do you need to reach out and ask others to just help you carry the load? On Good Friday, we are called to embrace the truth of that love, to invite in its power, to recreate our lives and our world. May we see through the suffering of Jesus a reminder to be more concerned for the suffering of people in today's world. In the cross, we are invited to gaze upon the image of the crucified Jesus, to soften our hearts towards all suffering. Amidst the devastating effects of COVID-19, climate change, the war in Ukraine, and all suffering happening all over the world. The cross beckons us to what we would call grief work, holding the mystery of pain, looking right at it, and learning from it. With softened hearts, God leads us to a newfound compassion and understanding. And then we wait. The story of Jesus' human journey on earth begins and ends with an angel bringing us 
astonishing news to a woman named Mary. After witnessing the crucifixion, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb to lament the one she loved and of course thought was dead. Just like Mary, we carry to the tombs of our lives the same mixture of doubt, fear, uncertainty, anxiety that she brought to Jesus' tomb. Even when our faith is hidden in darkness and Jesus seems to be dead for us, may we continue to go towards him, still wanting him, When she arrives, the tomb is open and empty. Mary Magdalene doesn't understand. She thinks that someone has taken his body. Let's place ourselves for a couple of moments in the not knowing, the confusion, maybe the hope that Mary felt. to the rising when the future is unclear it's wise to stay grounded in the present until a direction emerges maybe Mary sitting outside the tomb was completely depleted but she knew deeper down that the God who had been faithful before would be faithful again. Deep down she knew that God wouldn't abandon her now. No matter how bleak the picture seemed, she waited with silent intention, focused. Did she know something would change? And her waiting led to surprise. He has risen. He has become Jesus Christ. His light shines bright. So let us ask ourselves now, what does the light of Christ mean to us this Easter? 
What darkness is it dispelling in our lives? Part of our Lenten observance has been to recall our baptism in preparation to renew our baptismal promises at the Easter Vigil. So let us ask ourselves now, what do we need to do to turn away from any of our sinful ways? How can we continue to place our faith in the journey along the path of light. Let us always be surprised by the risen Christ. The risen Christ comes to meet us, to entrust us with the mission, to be his witnesses. The resurrection is the centre of history. It is not the last act. And as God is its author, he offers us the chance to proclaim his good news and what it means for everyone. That it is possible to be victorious over evil and death, the hope for life and eternal kindness. This road is open to all of us. The risen Christ is the one who takes the initiative, who manifests himself freely. He does not force anything. He lets each person freely find his or her own answer. This encounter will put into doubt all of our notions about life and death And each one of us has to take our own path of self-examination, fear, doubt, incredulous joy, upheaval, adoration. May the light of Christ, rising in glory, dispel the darkness that may be within our own hearts or minds. We are here to keep becoming becoming truer, more beautiful versions of ourselves again and again forever. To be alive is to be in a perpetual state of resurrection. And in our own lives, let us remember, first comes the suffering, then the waiting then the rising. And in our wisdom, may we remember that even though we can't know what will come next in life, we always know what comes next in the process. We know that when the pain and the waiting are here, our rising is on its way. So as we approach Easter, as we journey through Holy Week, let us remember to actively join God's loving solidarity with all of reality, with all people, with all creation moving towards resurrection.
this is the great hope of our tradition and one that is becoming more and more necessary for the world to hear. We will now enter into a short reflection on the seven last words of Jesus as he was on the cross. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. This prayer was surely but one of the most moving prayers on record. The first words given to us by Jesus as he hung on the cross. While he was being ridiculed, betrayed, deserted, mocked and crucified. He was asking his father to forgive them, to let them go to set them free. Such an amazing and powerful and extraordinary prayer. To give without reserve in such a moment is beyond our human comprehension. It's beyond our human grasp. As human beings, we struggle with forgiveness. It's a natural human response to feel aggrieved when we are wronged. Wiping the slate clean does not come easily to us. We struggle with it quite a bit. We all have areas of unforgiveness in our lives. Unforgiveness of others and unforgiveness of ourselves. But this is the prayer of Jesus. This is what he asks us to aim for. It is a hard one. The bar is high. But we are called to aim for forgiveness over and over again throughout our lives. Sometimes we don't even want to forgive when we've been hurt deeply. but we are also aware of the effects on ourselves and on others in the absence of a forgiving spirit. When we are unable to forgive, we get trapped in a prison of resentment, hardness of heart and bitterness. 
none of it is good for us. In fact, we are not free when we are unable to forgive. So it is important for us to pray for the gift and the grace to be able to forgive or to want to forgive, to desire for forgiveness of the other who have hurt us. And also to pray for the gift and the grace to be able to forgive ourselves. So if you, for a moment, you might call to mind an area in your own life where forgiveness is necessary at this time. And so Sharon will say a prayer. I watch how you forgive, Lord Jesus, asking the Father to forgive and telling him the reason to forgive. They do not know what they are doing. Was that as hard for you to say as it has at times been hard for me? I need your compassion, Lord. I need your strength. When I try to figure out how anyone could have hurt me so hard and cruel at times, a nail driven into my life. Oh Lord, was it just as hard for you? Help me and give me the courage and strength to forgive. Amen. Jesus said, Today you will be with me in paradise. Two convicted criminals walked in convoy with Jesus to Calvary. On the cross, one of them hurled insults at Jesus. He failed to see what was available to him. And the other criminal said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus said, I promise you today you will be with me in paradise. What a powerful exchange between Jesus and the two criminals who were crucified with him. What an astonishing gift Jesus offered this man when Jesus himself was at his most vulnerable and weakest. In this encounter, we see the extraordinary grace of God in Christ. It shows us that we don't have to be able to pray perfectly for God to respond to us. It also is consoling to know that we do not have to have lived perfect lives to be offered this gift when we die. 
the only thing that is required of us is that the desire to be with God when we die. What an amazing and generous gift to be offered. Today you will be with me in paradise. This is the promise that is made to each one of us when we die. You might also like to reflect upon these words for yourself and to take them to heart. And also to take them into your consciousness of your loved ones who have died that Jesus also said to them, Today you are with me in paradise. Hold the words of Jesus. Lord Jesus, I thank you for your amazing grace and extraordinary promise. I cannot begin to fathom it. How glad I am that I don't have to be perfect in order to receive it. Thank you, Lord, for hearing me when I call out to you. Thank you for remembering me even when I forget you. Thank you for the promise of being with you in paradise. Thank you for being with me right now through your spirit. Amen. Jesus said to his mother, Here is your son. And he said to John, Here is your mother. I wonder, could this be the last bit of unfinished business in Jesus' life? Who will care for my mother? Jesus knew that Mary had stood by him over the course of his life. He also possibly knew that she didn't always understand his lifestyle or his mission, but she remained steadfast by him. He knew her loyalty. He may have felt guilty for what he put her through. He must have been worried what will happen to her when he dies. Every parent can identify with Mary as she stood by her son as he was being arrested, cried, tried, condemned and murdered. Every parent can identify with Mary as she stood powerless at the foot of the cross. They can imagine what this would be like if it was their son. Mary was steadfast, close and loyal to Jesus, not always understanding him. She possibly wished at times for a different lifestyle for him. 
but she could not leave him in his greatest hour of need. She had no choice at this stage. She could not desert him. We can only imagine her distress and anguish and utter powerlessness. Every parent can identify with Mary with their own children struggle to find their own path in life, to discover who they are for themselves, to find their own identity. Mary is every parent whose child is labelled a failure, covered by shame and loved only by a parent's love. Mary is every parent who must sit with a broken heart at the bedside of their dying child. Mary is every parent who stands by helplessly and echoes the familiar cry, Why, why, why my child? Mary is the heartbeat of every parent in distress and is the one to call upon in their darkest hour of need. Mary, you know the pain of losing your son, Jesus, at a young age. Be with all parents as they face and come to terms with the death of their child. Mary, you know what it is like to stand by helplessly as your son found his own path in life. Be with all parents as they stand by their children discovering their own identity. Mary, you know the pain of your son being perceived a failure. Be with all parents when their children are perceived to be a failure. Mary, you know that you never give up on your child. Be with all parents as they strive to remain loyal to their children in times of trouble. Mary, you know the struggle in rearing a family. Be with all parents who are estranged from their children. Mary, you know that the death of your child is not the end. Be with all parents as they see the legacy of their children. Amen. Jesus said, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? cry from the heart, a cry for help, a cry of pain and loneliness, a cry of utter desolation. It appears to be a question without an answer. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Is there anything that could be said? Nothing. 
Few of us will ever endure such desolation of pain. Maybe or maybe not. We need only think of the people of Ukraine today. However, there will have been moments in all our lives when we will have felt despair, anguish, a void in our lives, where there was little sense or meaning to what was happening around us. It's times when we felt alone and deserted. It could be a life-threatening illness, being falsely accused, rejected by a trusted friend, the death of a loved one, homelessness, domestic violence, sexual abuse. Times when we felt God was absent in our lives. Times we might have felt abandoned by God. Your prayer might have been, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Where was God when you needed him most? The truth is that in those moments, Jesus was there hanging on the cross in all the tragedies and crosses of your life. And maybe when we face trials, when we can't find no suitable words, maybe we can make the words of Jesus our own. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Could this be your prayer today? Jesus, you know the cry of desperation and desolation. You know what it's like to feel abandoned by God. Jesus, be with all who are desperate and desolate today. Jesus, be with all those who feel utterly alone today. Jesus, be with all those who feel suicidal today. Jesus, be with all those who feel nobody cares about them. Jesus, be with all those who feel abandoned by society. Help them to reach out for help. And may there be a listening and supportive ear awaiting them. Amen. Jesus said, I thirst. These simple words remind us of the sheer humanity that Jesus shared with us. He had the same emotional and physical needs and feelings that we all have. He was simply thirsty as he hung on the cross. There are many levels to thirsting in life. 
we can simply thirst for a drink of water to quench our thirst and that can satisfy us. But in life, we also thirst for something deeper within ourselves. We thirst for something more. Our hearts can be restless. We search for a deeper meaning for our lives. And sometimes, to avoid what we are looking for, we distract ourselves and try to satisfy what we are looking for in the mundane and the ordinary, being busy around the house, shopping, holidays, various addictions. And while some of the holidays or the shopping or the housekeeping can be good for us, and we can enjoy such activities, ultimately, they do not satisfy the deeper longings of our hearts. Only God will satisfy our deepest longing, our deepest thirst. And Jesus said, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me. What do you thirst for? Where do you find the deeper meaning in your life? What is the more you seek? Jesus is waiting for you. Jesus is available to you. Psalm 62 O God, you are my God. For you I long. For you my soul is thirsting. My body pines for you like a dry, weary land without water. So I gaze on you in the sanctuary to see your strength and your glory. For your love is better than life. My lips will speak your praise. So I will bless you all my life. In your name I will lift up my hands. My soul shall be filled as with a banquet. My mouth shall praise you with joy. For you have been my help. In the shadow of your wings I rejoice. My soul clings to you. Your right hand holds me fast. O God, you are my God. For you I long. For you my soul is thirsting. Jesus said, it is finished. A bowl full of vinegar stood there. So they put a spoonful of vinegar on hyssop and held it to his mouth. When Jesus had received the vinegar, he said, 
it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Many of us go through life leaving a trail of unfinished business, projects and unfulfilled dreams. How many of us will come to the end of our lives and say, I finished exactly what I set out to do. But Jesus came to the end of his life and said with absolute certainty and truthfulness, I finished everything I set out to do. It was completed. It was perfected. We won't reach the perfection of Jesus. But as we look around the world, we can see a number of extraordinary people who made an impact on the world. We have Nelson Mandela, Martin Luther King, Gandhi, Desmond Tutu, Rosa Parks, Mother Teresa, Pope Francis, and in recent times, President Zelensky. And for those who have died, we can surely say on their behalf, their work was complete. They made a huge difference to the world. Maybe we could say for them, it is finished. And near home, if we think of people who make a difference, Father Peter McFerry, Sister Stan, Mary Robinson, A.D. Roach, people who publicly make a difference in the lives of people. But we can't be all Mother Teresa's or Father Peter McFerry's or Mary Robinson's. That is not where we have been called to be. But all of us, we do our best in life. We make a difference to the people around us. Parents spend their lives caring and responding to the needs of their children. They make huge sacrifices, getting them educated and set up in life. They never say, it is enough. They never say, it is finished. When parents die and go to God, their life task has been completed. At their deathbed, Parents could all, all could say, I did my best, I fulfilled my, I fulfilled my vocation, it is finished. For people who are not parents living in local communities, reaching out to neighbours and friends in times of need, being a good neighbour, being a good friend is a vocation in itself. And their deathbed, maybe such a person could say, yes, I did my best. It is finished. For those of us committed to our faith, who are committed to Jesus in our lives, and who live from that place, 
when our time comes, hopefully we too can say, I did my best, it is finished. And let us give thanks for the genuine efforts we all make to make a difference in other people's lives. God's love makes its home in our fragile lives. And for a moment, can you look into your own life and see where you made a difference? Dear Jesus, we remember today the pain and suffering of the cross as you said, it is finished. Jesus, be with all the dying as they struggle with unfinished business. Jesus, console them. Jesus, be with all people who are unable to accept their impending death. Jesus, console them. Jesus, be with all people who die with regrets. Jesus, console them. Jesus, be with all people who die without peace. Jesus, console them. Jesus, be with all people who die with unfulfilled dreams and hopes. Jesus, console them. Jesus, be with all who die without being reconciled with their families. Jesus, console them. Jesus, at the time of our death, help us to be able to say, it is finished. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Jesus said, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. The first and last of the seven words of Jesus are addressed to the Father. In this text, we hear Jesus giving everything back to the Father, his whole life, his struggles, his sufferings, his mission accomplished. His words reveal his heartfelt prayer. Jesus died as he lived by committing himself into his Father's keeping. His first words were a prayer for others, for forgiveness. His last prayer is a prayer of personal surrender. How might we want to die? The challenge for us in dying is to live well so that we can die well. 
we live well by aiming to be in right relationships with those around us, to be peace builders, to be honest, to be kind, to reach out to others, to be faithful, to be builders of people. Then, at the time of our death, there is nothing to be afraid of, not even death itself. And hopefully, when our day comes, at our dying, we might be able to say, or somebody will be able to say it for us, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. Jesus leads the way for us. He entrusts us with our fears, our hopes, our struggles into God's hands, into God's love, the supreme act of trust. He transforms all our sufferings and trials and all that seems pointless all the dark places of our lives. We are made to rest in God, resting in a homecoming with God. And so we pray, dear Jesus, we remember today your words at the time of your death. Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. Jesus, be with all the dying as they let go of their life's work. Jesus, comfort them. Jesus, be with all people who are scrupulous at the time of death, believing that they were not good enough. Jesus, comfort them. Jesus, be with all people who are afraid of death. Jesus, comfort them. Jesus, be with all people who die with regrets. Jesus, comfort them. Jesus, be with all people who wasted opportunities in life and die with unfulfilled dreams and hopes. Jesus, comfort them. Jesus, be with all who die alone and lonely. Jesus, comfort them. Amen. And so all that's left to say is thank you. Thank you for being with us and staying with us this morning. And for all of you here present with us and all who are joining us online, we truly appreciate you taking part um, and taking this time apart from your usual activities to prayerfully come together and prepare to enter into this very holiest of weeks. So just to say thank you once again to all of you 
Thank you to Father Seamus and to the entire Redemptorist community for their continual warm welcome and hospitality. Uh, thank you so much to Kevin the sacristan for all his ongoing help and support. And as we begin to journey into Holy Week, um, let us never um, remember, always remember, um, the opportunity being presented to us that we are always within this perpetual state of becoming, of, of continual resurrection, as we continue to remember all of the suffering in our world right now. Every day we give witness to the power of evil at work, but let us not forget the worldwide response of love. So as we leave here today and we return to our lives, may we remember to carry within us the question of how may I respond in practical ways this week and beyond to offer my love and service and compassion to all those people I meet around me. So just to say thank you again. Have a very, very holy week. Thank you.